I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. I'm so thrilled to welcome my guest for the week, and her name is Melanie Barrett. Welcome, Melanie. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Of course. And before we start our chat, I'm just going to give a quick intro for the listeners um, for them to know who you are. So Melanie is a nutritionist, life and health coach who's uberly passionate about all things mindset, nutrition, and wellness. She's been deep diving into the wellness industry for over six years. She's learned to master her craft while working with others to get to the root cause of what's holding them back from their goals and bigger vision. Super exciting. Yeah. So happy to be here. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you today, Heather, because we it's actually pretty cool that we both live in the Austin area. So I'm located in South Austin and you are north, correct? Yes, that's right. We lived in South Austin for about six years and we just currently moved up north. I think when we first met, we had just moved. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool to be in a different area. I know for us, like today, it's interesting too, as we, Heather and I were having a conversation about how different the weather was for me living more South. And although you were North, even last night, we had a crazy thunderstorm and hail and all this stuff. So yeah, it's interesting to see it's a little different. (laughs) I have to say too, like moving here up North, it's more hilly, I guess, and it's higher up, I guess. So it's a good five degrees cooler up here. It's windy come five o'clock every day. And I don't know if it's because we're on a hill or, but I've always noticed when I do go back down to the old side of town where you are, it's a little bit warmer, a little bit less windy. I'm like, and then you come up here, it's like windy all the time. I thought that was very interesting with the difference. That was interesting. I had totally had no idea. So what are you going to do? But (laughs) at least luckily now we're finally like getting into spring and the weather is finally starting to get better. And springtime in Austin, Texas is so beautiful. It's like the perfect mild light summer. I absolutely love it. And I'm really looking forward to what spring brings and everything like that. It's the best time of year because it's not too hot. It's not too cold because we had that snowstorm, right? And that oh, was God. extreme, <laughs> extreme weather. And then you get the extreme heat of like triple digits. But in spring and Austin, it's just so perfect. You can sit outside without sweating and it's just crisp air and spring is here. Thank the Lord. <laughs> right. I'm so excited. And you know, whenever I think about spring too, I always think about having a new, like with spring equinox coming, it's like a fresh start and it's like a clean slate because when you look at spring, it's when everything starts to bloom and come into season. And when I think about that, I also how I like to use spring as an opportunity to organize and kind of clean up my house and really look at things from a different perspective, you know? Absolutely. Because you are, you know, coming from heat to warm and maybe it's from the decor in your house that you maybe, you know, Easter's coming. So maybe you're into decorating with, you know, by season or by holiday. But for me, I think it's like putting 
getting back in order, you know, schools, mm-hmm. spring break's done. Now we can kind of get into summer mode almost, but the kids are still in school a little bit. So we're getting prepared and cleaning mm-hmm. some things out. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really do look forward to that. And I've actually been spending some time to really evaluate what's important. What do we want to do? Even plan out even for summer vacations, what we want to go through. And I mean, even for me, like planning and going through things. So my son is three and a half and he is hilariously starting to not fit in his clothes anymore. And it's been funny. I'm like, Ooh, cause like they fit him at the waist, but like lengthwise, I'm like, Oh buddy, you're flooding. And I mean, I kind of roll them up. So I'm like, Oh, you look kind of cute, but I'm like, okay, this has gone too far. So it just makes me realize it's time to get some new clothes, even for him too. And just to start organizing and going through his drawers and getting rid of things. Absolutely. I tend to be doing laundry these days and going through, and maybe it's because of the pandemic and we haven't really gone much, like gone very many places. So there's not been an excuse to dress them up other than school. And he wears uniforms at his school. So then you get into the clothing on the weekends or spring break, for instance, they don't have to wear those uniforms for a full week. And it's like diving into real clothes. And you're like, Ooh, those pants are in your shins. Like, why are you wearing those? You want to go change your pants? He's like, no, I like them. I'm like, Ooh, there's, I didn't know those were still in your drawer. Time for me to go and clean them out. And my son is uh, going to be four here in May. So same age as your son. And I have an older son. So of course, hand-me-downs, poor child. And yeah, he's lucky. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can save money, but my daughter's in the middle. So like, thing her dresses are now tank tops and so it's like well time to start getting you some clothes and <laughs> that it really helps me I know it's terrible but I, there's nowhere to go I feel like they just live in their pajamas but it's time it's time to clean out their drawers do donations you know there's so many people that need it and now it's perfect time absolutely so I know for you, you're really big into coming up with strategies and implementation to kind of set yourself up. And I, how I like to look at it, even for myself, is like setting yourself up for success and really utilizing your time and taking advantage of that. So I'd love and be curious to hear just talking about some of your systems and how you like to stay organized as I know you're the queen of organization. So for all of our listeners to check it out, like, let's talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So I have a couple of lists. I'm a list person. I'm a paper and pen person. And me too. <laughs> I like it. I just, I, my brain functions if I write it down, whether I see it on a computer or not. So I like to physically check it off. It's also, I think a mental thing, like absolutely can release it. And for organization, I have a spring checklist. I have like a monthly checklist, like air filters and things that need to kind of be kept up with, because with everything going on, you know, being trying to stay healthy and active, if your air filters aren't clean, then you're breathing in bad air. And so it's all kind of plays into plays into it. So having a process Mm -hmm. to know like when that happened or going through dishes or clothing that's old, or maybe needs to be just retired. Like your son's um, flooding pants. Things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Or, you know, the underwear he's had in that drawer forever. And it's like, probably just need to just toss those. Right. I mean, then you need to do that for yourself. (laughs) I think we always put ourselves last, but my process is basically like chunking, right. Chunking things, you know, um, like I'll start with the kids clothes and I'll go through the drawers and I'll take inventory of what they have, what I need to get rid of, 
I have a younger nephew, so I always put the stuff aside because he's a year younger than my son. So I always am like, do you need this? Do you not before? And if she mm-hmm. doesn't, it, it's out. Um, and with, with my daughter, it's more so just sneaking it out of her room because she thinks everything is still wearable, uh, <laughs> no matter how big and small they are. So I think making lists and making sure that you try to stay ahead of it. Um, I used to have clothing that was bigger and that would be in the reserves and then just already be prepared. But I think I'm a little behind at that point, but if you're able to get things a little bit bigger or you're trying to decide if your child is, um, between sizes, it's always good to go bigger and then maybe save it. So then you're prepared for when that happens, um, Mm -hmm. for at least children's clothes. Um, but I kind of go room to room. So I'll do clothing and I'm going to pay. Okay. I'm going to make a huge clothing donation. So I need to go through children's stuff. I need to go through my stuff. I need to go through my husband's stuff. Maybe I need to uh, switch the drawers out. So in the winter time, if you predominantly have, um, long sleeve, for instance, is on the bottom drawer. Well, if that's your, at least with my kids, like if that's their go-to, I'll switch their drawers and I'll put the short sleeve on the bottom and the long sleeves where the short sleeves were. So then that's their go-to. So when they do go get dressed, they're not dressing for summer in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Or like my son the other day came out in fleece flooding pants and a long sleeve shirt. It's 85 degrees outside. It's like, <laughs> I need to switch those back because clearly he went to the go-to drawer. <laughs> that's funny. And that's actually yeah. really smart. And I never even thought about looking at it and by like systems and seasons. And one piece that you shared that really stood out to me was about how you said, oh, it's time to clear out the filters and like keeping track of that stuff. Because I feel like as moms, we become so busy and there's so much going on that it's easy for us to lose track of those things. I mean, we looked at our filters the other day and I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. Like, it's just so we're like, okay, we need to order new ones. So I think keeping track of those things being like, oh, it's now going to the spring. Maybe it's time to do an AC tune up and just kind of all those little things that go into keeping the house organized. Cause those things can fall the wayside. Even thinking about the refrigerator, right? We should be like a oh, quarterly yeah. refrigerator clean out should be done. So like, that's a cool thing that you can implement into even with the spring coming, like it's time to clean out the fridge and not only just the drawers of clothes, but maybe cabinets and all of that. So how do you, do you actually have systems that you use for like each season? How does that kind of work? Yeah. So I have a spring checklist. I have a winter checklist. I have a monthly one. And I also have like a quarterly one because things don't need to be done all the time. Like for instance, we don't have a lot of snow here. We did this Mm -hmm. year, but there's a different system that would go into place. If you live in the North, like you got to make sure those things are checked. If the last thing you're going to want is your heater to go out when it's freezing cold. I mean, that's happened to us before or that your AC doesn't work because you forgot to get it checked because we're going into season. And when you start seeing the ads come in through the mail or those flyers, it's should be a reminder and paying attention to to those types of things like, oh, I should probably go and do that. So I have a little book and it has all of the checklists and I try to keep that. I put it in my calendar as a recurring, so it'll ping me to remind me it's time to do that because it's so important to keep it up because then what will happen is if you don't, you're just going to be probably paying more money on the back end to get it fixed or, mm-hmm. you know, letting the damage kind of go. And for me, 
at our last house, we just moved. So we haven't gotten everything in place, but we had an HVAC guy and he came out right before summer would check everything. I knew that that was going to be scheduled and I knew around the time and I would put it in my calendar to be like, follow up with them in case they forgot about us, things like that. So calendars are huge, um, mm-hmm. both physical on paper. I live and die by my calendar. I have a whiteboard. I have it on my phone and I have it in paper because you have to have backups because why not? Yeah. And that's such a good idea. So for everyone that's listening, how would you recommend to get this system started? And by what I mean by that is, do you recommend like chunking out a little bit of time to just say, okay, like these are the type of things that need to be done yearly around. And then this is kind of how I want to break it down. Cause I feel like even spending that time initially in the beginning might seem like a lot, but it seems like it'll actually set you up for success for the entire year to stay organized and on top of things. Absolutely. Once you get, or it's like, it's very important to try and maintain that space. It's so hard to maintain spaces, especially when you're a mom with kids running around, but you try to control it, like try to do it once. So if you're going to tackle your pantry, for instance, you really want to put all clear containers in, you're going to need to carve out some time for that. Cause you have to pull everything out. You need to check expiration dates. Then you're going to need to go and get the things and measure. So it's a process. So you have to make sure that you're prepared before you take on a project like that. But then once you get all the pretty things up, it's important to, when you go grocery shopping, for instance, don't just dump it there. Like my husband goes grocery shopping. He brings it all in and I'll see where he puts it. And he puts it in the general place, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) there's boxes everywhere. Like, okay. And we need to go refill or it'll help my kids. Like I need a snack. And I'm like, Oh, I haven't refilled them. So trying to keep up as they go to keep things in place and then have a backstock. I love me a good backstock. So Mm -hmm. clothing, like I said, with like having it in the rears, same thing with pantry. You know, if you have the room, get some backstock. And then what you do is for instance, for a pantry, you're looking at it, you keep your backstock. So then when you pull it from it, you need to make a list and say, the next time you go to the store, you need to pick this up. So when you do run out, you'll still have a backup and have Mm -hmm. a constant process of taking inventory. I say weekly. I always say weekly because you never know what you'll have, or maybe you didn't make it to the store, but you still have to cook dinner um, and keeping up with it as a habit. So for me, Monday morning is when I go through my pantry or I go through my fridge and I clean out all the things that were there from last week for leftovers that we didn't go through. So now it's clean. I have like a dairy section. I try to keep it orderly to where I can kind of see it. It's important. And Mm -hmm. then my freezer, because my husband loves tinfoil. He wraps everything in tinfoil and doesn't label it. So I can (laughs) open up my, my freezer and it's Ziploc bags with tinfoil. I bought him a, you know, um, one of those like label maker packaging things where no, like the thing that will package your food, like a, Oh, a sealer, sealer, air sealer. Yeah. Like the freezer, the freezer bags and you seal them up and you put them in the freezer kind of like airtight. That's what we're Thank you. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And so I bought him that's still in the box, still in the box. So he does this thing. And I'm like, so when he would travel, I would be like dumping it out. Now he's home. And I'm just like, okay. I kind of look at it and I'm like, don't know what it is. Can't feel what it is. It's in the trash, you know, and make the space. (laughs) I know it's, then he asked me where the sterling went. I'm like, I don't know. Is it wrapped in tinfoil? <laughs> you know, tell you. I just try to keep it up every Monday, you know? Um, 
for your pantry, for your kitchen. It keeps things clean, keeps things from smelling because that's the worst when you open oh. up your fridge and you're like, oh yeah, what is that? Like, oh, is that mold right? on that? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> now that the fruit the, that goes bad. <laughs> oh, I know. Or it starts to like liquefy. Or if you have some vegetables in the fridge and they're like starting to get liquidy, you're like, oh my God, that was hidden in the back. I didn't see that. But I my think another will put some stuff in our back fridge and he's like, out he won't tell me it's back there. He's like, this went bad. I'm like, you didn't tell me they were back there. I would have put it in my process right? and put it in line to be used because you don't communicate. <laughs> I was just going to say communication is key with show. that. You got to let me know. Right. We can talk about that all day, but even like talking about all this topic too, really makes me think about how like working with clients, how a big part is implementing meal prepping and really setting yourself up for success when it comes to nutrition, whether your goals are to lose weight or just get healthier or just transform your lifestyle and how you're living. But I think not only implementing systems for setting up our house and how we do things to stay organized, but also within our food. So it's an entire mind body system that we're constantly working with. So how do you work with meal prepping? How do you plan that out for yourself and clients? So first I always recommend this cookbook for anyone and everyone's called cook once eat all week, um, by Cassie joy Garcia. Um, I plug her, I don't get paid to plug her. So Hey girl, uh, you're listening, but I love your cookbook. So she knows, cause I tag her all the time, but I refer my clients to that because, uh, for my health and wellness side, because she gives you three main ingredients and three major meals. And you, she teaches you in there, like how to prep it, how you're going to cook it. And she gives you the options. Like if you're going to cook it this way, you cook it this way. If you're going to cook stove top, do it this way, how to make it gluten-free dairy-free. So subs, it's just very simple. And then by the mm-hmm. time you're done meal prepping, which is, you know, a couple of like two hours, but she's teaching you how to, she tells you how to do all those three major ingredients. By the time it comes into play for the actual meal, it's 20 minutes to put mm-hmm. together and cook. So it saves time. So you're doing a lot of work on the front end. So I try to mm-hmm. meal prep one day a week. I make my grocery list. I try to talk to my husband about meal prepping, but he's pickier and the kids will typically eat what I make. And then I go to the store. I tell him if it's on the list, just get it. I don't care if you don't like it or not, just get it. You don't know why (laughs) maybe it's for me, you know, it's not, maybe not for dinner. Mm -hmm. And then I try to prep like the protein. If it's chicken, I'm going to cook it all together and then, you know, separate it out. Like this is for tacos for Tuesday and this is for this. So then it's already ready. It's labeled my husband can't go in there and go take it for lunch. Cause it'll be like, right, like he knows it's there for a reason. And mm-hmm. then you'll just have all the components together. It's also teaching our children healthy habits and healthy eating as well. Because if you're mm-hmm. organized, have a system, there's a place for everything. Mm-hmm. A, you won't lose it. Right. Like my son's always looking for things and I know his hiding spots so I'm always like, check here, check here, check here. Oh, mom, you always find it. It's like, no, where should that be? In my room. Well, why isn't it in your room? Take the extra two minutes to do it right because you won't lose it. Yeah. Same kind of thing when it comes to eating healthy. Like you won't grab the stuff or eat poorly if you prepare ahead of time and are intentional with it. And then it teaches systems. And then everyone's just like, oh, nope. You know, routine is key because it's predictable. Yeah people in sync. I mean, I love a routine. Love oh God, routine. me too. I 
thrive and live for it. And I feel like the more I can implement systems and routines, the better and easier and happier my life is in general. It takes out that layer of stress and overwhelm, especially being a mom and running around or just having a family, or even if you live by yourself, when you set yourself up for success with doing this stuff, it makes your life so much easier. And by planning out what you're going to eat, it takes out the guesswork. Because how many times have we come home from work? Well, I mean, commute from what upstairs to downstairs, but you know what I mean? (laughs) But these days it's a little different. But, you know, you get home and you're, you're just exhausted and you, you want to eat. You open up the fridge and you have to cook and you're like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not doing this. And then you no. end up ordering Uber Eats or something because it's just easier. But when you have stuff already in the fridge and ready to go, it's just truly set yourself up for success. And when you actually pick your different proteins and all like, I'm going to have maybe chicken here or turkey there or something like that. And then you add all your different vegetables so that you can mix and match throughout the week. And you can be like, Oh, I'm going to do asparagus today or something like that. So, but when you have it all done and it's easy, it just sets you up for success and it just makes life a thousand times better. And I can't stress that enough for people. And another kicker is keep the bad food out of the house. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, you should be, if your kids are going to eat it, you should be wanting to eat it too. I mean, with the exception of you're packing a lunch and things like that, but those are snack packs. You have, you would put those in a, don't have them in open containers if it's too much for you. And for me, for my kids, I've made it to where all the snacks that they're allowed to have are on this shelf. So if you don't see it on the shelf and you have to ask me the prior to 4.30 before we have dinner, you're already going to know the answer is no. So don't even look at this shelf. Don't look at this shelf. I put things in like um, a bin, like all the candy and crap. It's in a bin. It's in like one of those cubes, you know, that Mm -hmm. you can get at Target for toys or whatever. Mm -hmm. I put it there so no one can see in. It's labeled, but it's also for me and my husband. So we can't go in and be tempted by sight because we also eat with our eyes and we can only Mm -hmm. see what's in front. And you really go to the fresh stuff in the, if it can go bad, then it's good for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. With the exception, if you're traveling or trying to like maybe a protein powder or something like that, but for the most part, if it can go bad, that's the good stuff for you. And you want to be able to eat it, which will also motivate you to eat healthy because you don't want it to go bad and waste money and all mm-hmm. those things. Right. So that's a huge thing. I bought my husband a chopper. It was really for me, but I bought it for him, uh, to save money mm-hmm. on the, on the veggies. So I wasn't buying them pre diced because yes, it's easier. I would always do. Do that. you like Is the chopper? Money? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love my chopper. Okay. I need, I've been it's thinking about the, getting one <laughs> and was talking about it for years. We finally just did it. So now he can just buy an onion and I can chop it and it's takes two seconds and it saves us some money. I mean, that's great. Win win. And it stays, I think, fresher if it's in its hole, if you don't end up using it, or maybe bought two, you only need one. But when you already have it diced, you're going to have to speed up that process. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a huge, just you got to get a habit, habit stacking. And if you want to create new habits, you need to put it in between two habits you already have. So mm-hmm. then it becomes natural after a little bit of time, like the atomic habits uh, by James clear. That, that book is awesome. That book is so good. Gotta, so if you guys good. haven't read it. It's incredible. It's so yes. good. And it's hot. It's like a hot topic at the moment. How about you? Like, do you have a process at home for how you do things? Cause we are very similar when it comes to routine and having a system. I feel 
Yeah. So what we do when it comes to, at least with food, I'm very, I plan out usually Sundays are, or either I'll order groceries on Saturdays or Sundays and we'll kind of just plan. So for me, I'm really big on using templates to kind of build out meals. I'm really, so to build out complete meals in general protein, you want to get your fat, your fiber and your color variety, and then your carb source. So usually I try to aim all those. So what I do is I use that template and I pick out, these are the different proteins. These are the different fibers. This is the different color variety we're going to have this week. This is the different fats. And, you know, these are our carbs, whatever it is. I kind of plan that out and I mix and match. So then I'll kind of make it all. So then it's all done and it's easily accessible and get it out of the fridge. Cause for me, I have to, so my son goes to school for preschool full time. So I have to plan out his lunches ahead of time as well. And what he eats is a little bit going to be different than of course, what the adults eat. So I just kind of plan everything ahead. I look at his school menu, see what kind of what's coming up and I kind of work around as my son has dietary stuff. So I, I have to make all of his food so it can definitely make it a little tough, but, um, sure. So I just plan. Yeah. We're gluten-free dairy free and peanut free, all the things, whatever. That's oh lot. yeah. Um, ugh, <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard, but it's worth it. Um, so yeah, we just kind of plan everything out ahead of time and just make it easy. And then I'll usually, cause when you meal plan, it's only good for what, three, four days, usually roughly. And then, you know, on the weekend I'll be a little bit more laxed and I'll usually maybe place like another really small order to bridge over the weekend. And then we'll usually end up getting like sushi or something healthier as like a takeout option is kind of what we've done. And I feel like that system has worked best. So for everybody listening, just really coming up and thinking about and planning, as I said before, planning for success, thinking about what's going to make me the most successful version of myself. And even when you go to eat food, another piece too is ask yourself, like, would the healthiest version of me be doing this with a healthy person be eating this? And then you're like, oh, it might stop me from eating that and ordering that pizza. And even a piece that you brought up that made me laugh is having is out of sight, not a mind is another big thing when it comes to eating. And if you have your snacks in a container that's, you know, not see-through and up high, you're not going to think about it as much. And even with habits and that type of stuff, if you have your, your maybe your snacks and stuff that are not as easily accessible, you're not going to get them. So if they're like, maybe I just hypothetically saying like in the garage on a shelf up higher, your chocolate bars are hiding. It's going to take you a lot of work to get up there and get it. So you're not going to just go and grab it as much. So that's kind of how we work with things. And then in terms of just staying organized and going through stuff, I always like to look at, you know, spring is that fresh new time of year. And I really try to organize and look through stuff, but Hey, I never even thought to like build out a big list of like what you should be doing for each season. So that's such a great idea. And I'm glad you shared that. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, you'll get more dust with the sun coming in to the, you know, the windows, depending on where you live in, in the, in the world. Right. Because we live in Texas, it's sunny most days, but it gets very like pollen here in Austin. Cedar fever is a thing. It it really is. It's awful. It's terrible. Like you are sometimes a super sick and my, like the new, like where we live now, it's just cedar trees as far as your eye can see. So it's, it's insane. And so when you have to prepare for that or the pollen everywhere, it can get dragged into the house. You want to make sure that you can also like filtrate all that stuff out, especially if you're very you know sensitive to it. And then you're cleaning, like your cleaners, like cold and flu season, make sure that you have a checklist. That's like, do I have my antibacterial? Do you have, do you have a little bit of extra stuff because you might be 
blowing through it a little bit quicker mm-hmm. than maybe when it wasn't flu season, because I mean, it comes what twice a year and just thinking ahead and being proactive, there's nothing wrong with having a stock that won't go bad and having that process of cycling through. So like cleaning supplies and keeping it organized where you can see it. Cause I think if you just like throw it into a closet, you'll never really know, or you might not even take the time to look and dig. You'll just go and buy it again and again mm-hmm. and again. And then you got piles and piles of like 16 Windex bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You go to Costco and you're like, I'm just going to bulk up. And then you forgot and you're like, oh man, I have so much things. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this? But yeah, just take, I guess, even keep it in inventory sheet to kind of figure it out. But I agree with you when you put things like in the closet and up and over, like, I'm like, oh, I needed more band-aids. Oh, there's two boxes back there. I didn't even see. Right. Right. And also I, I have a staple, like a state. So I have a chaos control system, a home edition. So it's this book of just, I mean, you name it, it's in there like lists and calendars and like, I mean, even the poison control for dogs, like that's different than a poison control for humans. Just so you know, I found that out the hard way, but yes, that's true. And so there's literally every little thing in there. And what I have in my kitchen section is, um, you know, your typical food tracker, your grocery list, your meal plans, those types of things. But I also have a grocery staple list where things that you keep in your house, no matter what, whether that be pretzels or just the go-to apples, always fresh fruit, but those specific things, then Mm -hmm. there's a spice section where it's like what spices or seasonings you use. So then, you know, like kind of keeping track of that because it's the worst thing is when you don't prepare or you think you might have it and then you go to get it and you're like, I can't Mm -hmm. make this. I'm halfway through my meal because I don't have the seasoning that I thought I had. Or you thought about like, I thought I had cinnamon, but oops, that was cumin. I was thinking I had, that's a big Mm. difference. So how many times have we uh, put cumin in things? (laughs) I was just laughing and thinking about how many times I've accidentally put cumin in things to get it with cinnamon. I'm like, damn it. I know, right? Because it's just right there if you alphabetize. But that's, I think, a process. So keeping your staples stocked. So what you'll always have. And that way, if someone ever has to step in and help you, they can look at that and know if they had to go to the grocery store. If someone was trying to step in to help, they can be like, they always like to have these things in. Are they running low and keeping Mm -hmm. it stocked? Because at least you'll have that backup if there's a mistake on the grocery list. Maybe they didn't have what you were planning and you didn't have time to pivot. So mm-hmm. at least like for us, we always have things for pasta soup, we call it. So if we don't okay. know what we're going to make, I'm going to go, I always have chicken stock. I always have an onion of some sort or onion powder if I don't have an onion. And then I have orzo pasta galore because we do pasta Sundays here in our house on Sunday. It's very predictable. They get to choose the shape of pasta. They take turns <laughs> each week. And then, um, like sometimes I'll have spinach, but it's in crushed tomatoes. So I know I will always be able to go and make that in a bind and it's Mm -hmm. very easy to make. And those are the types of things that you can keep in your house and you keep a list of that. Um, like for us, we have pizza Fridays. I make pizza because they like it better than the delivered kind. So we always make sure we have the pizza dough. We have a couple of those. They don't go bad that, that fast. And then Mm -hmm. the stock of whatever we need to put on it. And then like Tuesdays, taco Tuesday, that's easy. And then kind of go from there. So if you have those set days that they look forward to, it's easier to plan. So then you only have to plan the other four days. (laughs) That's such a good idea to just pick out a few days, like 
Taco Tuesdays. Like for us, we always do sushi Fridays usually. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the doorbell yes. ring, my son's like, sushi's here. And I run to the front door and bring it in. It's quite funny. He looks That's forward to that. That's so that, though. Our kids are so like funny. sushi. Ew. I'm like, oh gosh, it's so good. But <laughs> that doesn't mean, I think it freaks people out to like commit to a taco Tuesday. Cause then they're mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna get tired of that. But taco Tuesday doesn't have to be the same. You can have pork tacos. You could have beef tacos, chicken tacos. Mm-hmm. You could have Rojas style or, or, you know, different types of things to put on it. So you can mm-hmm. have taco Tuesday, but have a different version. That's you know, and keep it so fresh. true. And exactly. Cause it doesn't have to just be like ground beef and that's it. And some tomatoes, like you just switch it up and you always kind of have fun with it. And same with, if you're going to do, for example, the pasta Sunday, you could always switch up the kind of pasta you're doing, what kind of sauce you're doing and make it different or stir fry Wednesdays and you just pick different vegetables that you're going to stir fry with different sauces and kind of mess around. So that's the thing about really just organizing yourself in general is that when you come up with these systems, it just makes your life a lot easier. And it takes out a lot of that guesswork as a lot of times I know as moms, we're always like, I just, there's not enough time in the day. I mean, for, I had a dollar for every time somebody told me that I would be a millionaire and (laughs) for real. So that's the interesting piece about all of it is that if you really plan everything out just a little bit, it actually saves you so much time. Yes, you're putting a little bit of time in the beginning, but I'll tell you what, when you spend two, three hours a week to meal prep, it's going to save you when you're, instead of spending an hour each day, because we don't think about, well, you got to get the dishes out. You got to get all the ingredients out. You got to get everything ready. Then you got to wash everything and put everything away. But if you do that in one day, that eliminates that and all those, all that extra time and those things that we just don't like doing. I think about how many times you ask your husband or your spouse, like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Well, I hate that question because then the pressure is either you need to make something or he needs to like come up with something. And it's like, who has the time? It's already five o'clock. Oops. So Mm -hmm. I think that because of where we've been in our, our situation where my husband typically travels. So I would plan regardless of if he was in town or not, it was much easier for me now that he's been home, which was not even close to our reality ever in our relationship. Cause he's always traveled. I was not able to meal plan as much because I eat differently than he does. I like zucchini and those things he doesn't. So I'm not going to go make a million things. Usually, typically my kids will eat what I make, but if they see daddy not eating it, of course, then they're not going to want to eat it. So mm-hmm. it made it a little more challenging. So it's like, I was able to meal prep and say like, well, this is what I'm going to have for the day. And it was easy because it was just me. So you mm-hmm. have to really plan ahead or come up with like, if I'm going to make something, don't make it drastically different, but have a way to customize it to, you know the way like he doesn't like zucchini, but I do, or I like bell peppers and he doesn't. So I'll cook them on the side and put them in mine, but cook the whole dish without it, you mm-hmm. know, a little extra step, but you're preparing ahead of time. Cause yeah. And it makes it easier yeah. for sure. And I mean, even like for my little guy, if I make a stir fry, for example, and I mix everything together, he won't eat it. But if I put the vegetables here and then the protein there, and then here's like your noodles, he'll eat it. It's really funny. But if I mix it all together, he's like, no, thanks. So, so goofy, but like the extra steps that sometimes you have to do might seem daunting, but they're really not. And that, that's the thing about all this is just like taking that step back to really evaluate and think about what you want to do, what you want to make, and just 
figure that part out and it makes it so much easier. So if you were going to suggest that somebody's coming to you and they're like, for our listeners to hear, Hey, I want to start, you know, planning out my meals for the week. And I want to take care of that. How would you, what would you suggest to get started? I would first suggest to really look at how much time they have each day like look at their routine and say, okay, what's your work schedule like? What's your school pickup, your sports, whatever it is you guys do on a daily basis during the week. So how much time do you really have to make dinner or how much mm-hmm. energy do you have at the end of the day where you really want to put forth making all this food and basing that off. So if you're like, I really just want to have things ready or have an idea of what I'm going to do so I can just go get the things and cook then kind of allotting that time for yourself. And if someone is like, I don't really want to mess with it. I'm very quick then saying, okay, now what what do your weekends look like? Or is there a day during the week that maybe you're off on, like maybe you don't have that business call on a Wednesday, maybe Thursdays Mm -hmm. are heavy calls. So maybe you meal prep Wednesday. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be Monday. I think because that's the start of our week we get so fixated on those are the days I have to like plan my week. But mm-hmm. if your meal prep is on a Wednesday or a Friday, even to plan for the weekend and over, or maybe you make your grocery list on Friday because you do your grocery shopping over the weekend and then you kind of ease in it's a process that way and finding a good mesh for you and not what society tells us to do. I think, cause everyone's very much Absolutely. like my book because everyone's yeah. different. I mean, yeah. a night nurse isn't going to, live the life of a day nurse. Like they're going to have a different schedule because that's their job. So we just look at it as where can you fit it in where you're not stressed, where you don't feel overwhelmed and you can kind of keep consistent. Like let's find a consistent way, not just this this week, we're going to do it this way. And this week we're going to do it that way. Maybe Mm -hmm. make adjustments because life happens, but that's what I would recommend. And just carving out a couple of hours, don't make anything crazy complicated Or if it is, then maybe you save that for the week or you make extra and eat off of it all week, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing about repurposing. Repurposing is key. I mean, I sell that with anything and everything. Repurposing is key. Save yourself some time. You know, just because you have this for tacos, you can keep that and put seasoning on it for something else. Mm -hmm. But it's the same protein. can taste differently and present it differently. Yeah, I love to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love to like, even if I batch out some chicken, I'll put some chicken maybe on a salad and maybe then I'll do some chicken with some veggies and then maybe I'll toss it in barbecue sauce and do barbecue chicken. So there's just so many different uses and so many things. It's just about being creative and I think playing and having fun. Cause a lot of times it's taking off that daunting heaviness piece and really looking at it like, this is a good time and you need to make it more fun, put on your AirPods and jam out to some music or listen to a really good podcast like this one. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, that's the cool thing is that you can utilize your time to its fullest. And I think that's the coolest thing about in general about being alive is that we have these tools to be able to utilize our systems and our time to our best ability. And it's just about getting over that hump of initially starting. I think once you get in it and get it moving, It just can start feeling so empowering. And once you start seeing the results and how it actually does free up time, it does start to become almost that ingrained habit and just kind of going with that, like, oh, it's Friday afternoon. That's my trigger at lunchtime. This is when I'm going to plan out my meal. So kind of picking that time and that place to kind of get things started. And then the momentum will slowly start to flow with that. 
and stick with it. Like set a timer. I have a timer on my phone. It goes off every day, two 30 to go pick my kids up. Not that I'm going to ever forget my children, but if I'm like <laughs> in the middle of something and I'm like, Ooh, it's time for me to start getting out. It's just a nice reminder to stop what I'm doing and transition out. So you have to stick. Like if you're going to put it on your calendar, you need to treat it as such. You're going to need to treat it like an appointment to the doctor's office or an appointment to your friend mm-hmm. that you don't want to let down. Like you need to be your friend, not to let them down your family. And by doing that, you will stick with it because I think because if it's something for yourself or for making your life a little easier, it will go get tossed to the side because something else will come up. Maybe your boss sent you a last minute deal that you need to get done. It's like, you know, this is the time I'm, I need to do this, like make it a priority. Maybe you pivot a little bit. Maybe you don't have 20 minutes, but you can at least start Mm -hmm. and get the ball rolling. And another thing is if you are kids, a lot of my listeners are moms and a lot of your listeners are moms. And it's Mm -hmm. like, get your kids involved. Like my kids, I was having to fold all this laundry the other day. My oldest asked to help me, which was first. And Hmm. I said, yes, because you need to learn how to keep your drawers situated. They, he helped me fold two baskets of laundry and he thought it was fun. Oh, wow. And I hate kryptonite. Uh, hate. Yeah. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're hired, but like pizza day, like they can roll it out. They can have a pick, you know, if you want to spend time with your family, but don't want a meal plan because it kind of goes in, you know, overlaps. There's this thing that um, you could do where each kid gets to pick a meal for the week or an ingredient. Like, what do you want to have? Of course, within like, yeah, within, within the boundaries of health, some parameters are there gummy bears on your pizza. Yes. Right. And so getting them to be like, okay, what do you want as a veggie this week? What would you like as a, like your main thing and let them, um, you know, put it in the mix and they feel like they're being heard. They'll be more likely to eat it because it was Mm -hmm. their meal, their pick, just like pasta Sunday. If it becomes a struggle, it's like you pick this dude, like too bad if you don't like it now, but you picked it. Mm -hmm. So remember it was your idea. He's like, Oh yeah. So it gives them like a voice and it's an activity for them to help whether Mm -hmm. it's, even just stirring it or giving them something to pretend, but it gives them input. So it's always a fun way to do family time on top of meal prepping. So then it doesn't feel like a chore. Absolutely. And I think another part to add to all that is that it helps them learn how to do just normal daily activities. And to them, it's teaching them really good habits. And I think that's a a really big piece. And I mean, even every morning we do smoothies for breakfast every morning. And when I make my son smoothie, I let him hit the button. And like, that's his big thing. He'll like, I'll hit it just a little bit of here and he'll come running and be like, I want to do it. And like, he'll hit the button and get his smoothie going. So like, that's a really fun thing. Or even if I'm making, you know, pancakes on a Saturday morning, I will have him just mix up the batter. And he thinks it's, he's like, mix it, mix it, mix it. And has so much fun with doing it. But that's how I can get him to implement healthier lifestyle by having him be a part of it. And he thinks it's really fun. So, and that's what I kind of try to do. And I think that really helps a lot is just getting your kids involved, especially for the parents that are like, man, my kid won't eat vegetables. They never do that. But like, are you eating vegetables in front of them? You're like, oh no, never. And I'm like, oh, that could be part of it. So by showing them the way and letting them be a part of that and implement those systems into their life, they're going to think it's really fun and they're going to want to be a part of it. Because what's the key thing of getting them to do something? If you, mom has a snack. What's the first question you hear from the kid? What you eating? What you got there, mom? Can I have mm-hmm. some? 
And then if it's something you can offer it to them and they're like, no, I'm good. But at least it's, they're seeing you eat it and then eventually they'll try it. I, you know, it's just like anything you you have to see a bunch of things, a bunch of times before you buy or whatever. And so same thing, like you have to do that in front of them. And for me personally, I wasn't exposed to the kitchen as a kid. I, my dad cooked, I was always playing sports or in school, but I didn't have that skill until a year and a half ago, two years ago when I became a health coach and I had to stop feeding my children chicken nuggets because my husband was on the road and I had kids to feed because he was the mm-hmm. predominant cook. I had to learn. It's very stressful, but now I'm more comfortable. It took me a while, but implementing that early as well, because it's a life skill in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's been the biggest thing from day one I can remember is just trying to get my kiddo involved with all those, the process of cooking and being in the kitchen. I've always loved to cook. It's kind of been my jam. My husband doesn't cook anything. So I'm doing everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for a while there, man, I was cooking like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, each individual meal. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm like, this is crazy. So now, like now that everything's prepped out and it's just set up, it's just so much easier. And that's what it's about is just simplifying things as much as possible, getting your kids involved to have fun with it and just make your life easier instead of harder. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. Time just for a second for an edit point. Did you Mm -hmm. cut out? You cut out for me. So I caught, I missed that last half, but I don't know if your recording is going to catch it. I usually it does. Like it's been like, I keep hearing like noises and I don't know if the recording is going to catch it or not. It just like, I don't know if it's internet or what, but we'll see. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keep going. I just wanted to make sure in case of the recording didn't catch it. Yeah. Um, okay. Then let's find a way to exit too. Um, let me think. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say that last part again and then we'll kind of, and you can just be like, yeah, and you'll put your closing pieces. So, yeah. So when it comes to, oh, okay. So when it comes to everything as a whole, it's just really about setting yourself up for success. As I've said over and over again, but I can't say that enough because a lot of times we end up making our life so much harder and doing so much extra work. So by you planning out your food and getting your kids involved and kind of teaching that those lifestyle habits, it's really going to make a difference in their life. And it's going to make a difference in yours because it's going to create more bonding. It's going to make things just easier because a lot of us, as I've said, we just don't have that time, but we actually do have the time. And it's just about carving it out and planning it and making it a routine and part of the normal. And before you know it, it'll be a habit that you don't even just like brushing your teeth. You just do. Right. And I think the biggest takeaway from this conversation that I loved was your template for cooking. And just like, that's genius. It's just kind of looking at those different things and making it a little easier. Cause it just simplifies it so much more to where you take the thinking out of it. It's like, Hey, does it fit these boxes. Cool. You're mm-hmm. good. You're covered. Move on and keep going. Don't get fixated. So I love that, that, that tidbit that, that you provided. For sure. And I'll me. actually, yeah, I'll put it. Um, it's a big way of how I approach and work with clients with the food. So I'll put that definitely in the show notes for everybody to check out. And I have like a little template, even with it's a meal prepping guide and also like the template to build everything out. So I'll put that in there for everybody love to that. help them out. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. You'll like it. So thanks everybody. Oh, for- I can't wait. 
I know. It's been so fun chatting with you today, Heather. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, thank you so much. Yes, and absolutely. It's so fun to finally connect because we've connected before, but never this way. And we're in the same city. So hopefully we'll get to see each other in person soon. And I appreciate um, this conversation. This was super fun. So let's do it again. For sure. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Have a lovely week. Yes. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See you all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.